Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. I'm still here. Situations come and go. Things change all around us. But one thing will never change, and that is the love of God toward us. One thing that will never change is his grateful faithfulness toward us. One thing that will never change is that God's mercies are new every morning. And if I live to see another morning, then I got another set of mercies, which means that God is looking out for me. And so there is a miracle of joy impending, but it's in pots. It's in these clay pots. You say, well, no, I thought that all the wine was gone. The wine was gone and the wine was poured from vessels, vessels that Jesus said, I can't use. I need water pots, stone water pots, not clay pots, but stone pots. Illustration of his fortitude and the magnitude of his strength. And from what I understand, these stone water pots were made out of stone. They were carved out of stone as opposed to molded out of clay. There are times when God will use what he made that was molded in our imperfection. But then there are times when he has to go to the stone that the builders rejected. So this wasn't no man miracle. This was a God miracle. You see, had he used the vessels that they had the wine in in the first place, then it could have been a trick. It could have been trickery or foolery. It could have been something that could have made somebody think that somebody else and their magical powers did it. But he says, no, let's go to the the, the stone pots. And he, and he said, fill them up, fill them up to the brim, 20 to 30 gallons of water. So you're not going to be picking that up, moving it around. You can't take it and hide it. In fact, it was visible because it was where the people of God in preparation for making sacrifice and entering into the worship, they literally washed. It was a Levitical wash basin and it was filled with water to the brim, six of them, fill them all up. And he said, get a cup and, and draw some out. Take it to the master of the banquet. Take it to the head caterer. Take it to the person who's in charge. Take it to the chef and let him taste it. And as he tasted it, something happened. Situations in your life that seem to be hopeless when God takes and turns your water into wine it's better than it's ever been before. You see, we can rely on what's familiar or we can believe in the miraculous. We can either rely on what we've always had and keep getting what we've always gotten, or we can rely on the miraculous, the unknown. You see, eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the things that God has in store for those who love him, for those who he's called and those who he's proven to be his. So in situations like these, whichever you're in, you simply need to ask God for the miracle of joy. Now, the advent of joy is to give us the anticipation that when Jesus comes, there'll be joy. How many believe that to be true? I'm not talking about when Jesus comes in the clouds and we get caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I'm not, not that, not that coming. I'm talking about the coming of the Lord when we're in a situation and we can't see no light and we say, come on, Jesus, come on. Come on, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come on and fill the room. Fill the room. Maybe it's just the old saints that know that prayer. Is there anybody who knows that come on, Jesus, come on kind of prayer? And I've already dispelled the fact that we say he may not come when you want him, but no, no. 
He's not on time. He is time. He's not on time. He is time. He said, well, where was he when I was going through? Being time, giving you time to get your thoughts together, giving you time to stop doing what it was that you were doing, giving you time to think again and think again, again, after you thought, think some more and keep on thinking. Because when you think you got it, you really don't. So when he shows up and he turns the water into wine. What happened? What happens? They did so. And the ninth verse says, the master of the banquet tasted the water that it had been turned into wine. He didn't realize where it had come from, though the servants who he had, had drawn the water knew, the servants knew. The ser- Are there any servants in the house? Any servants? I mean, you're a servant. Yeah, you're catching this, right? You know, you know, right? It don't surprise you. You didn't drop the water, uh, the wine thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? No, you knew that when he said, go ahead and draw it out, something was about to happen. You knew that after his mother revealed that he had the power, the ability to change the situation, that something was up, that something was going to occur. So you have this anticipation as a servant. You have an expectation as a servant that something is going to happen. So the servants dipped out the water, which had been turned to wine, and they knew. Look at somebody say, I know. I know God's going to work it out. And the tougher the see it only only a servant can have that revelation. Only a servant can have the revelation that God's going to work it out. You see, servants get to see things behind the scenes. Servants have dreams in the middle of the night that wake them up and God shows them that everything's all right. Servants get a prophetic word or an utterance from the Lord. Servants are the people that are in the right place at the right time to hear the voice of the Lord. Servants are on the prayer call when they can be on the prayer call. They come to the prayer, the corporate prayer. And servants are the people who know how to come together and say, let's serve, let's serve, let's serve. Let's serve. What are we serving? Well, it looks like water, but it's really wine. What are we serving? We're serving the miracle of joy. We're serving the people of God. We're serving the the thing that God told us to do. We're giving ourselves to that service. And so these servants knew. They knew. They didn't stop and take a sip. They served. One of the most appalling things in the world is have somebody serving you food and eating at the same time. Make up your mind. What is it here? Servant or servee? Which one? One of the weirdest things in the world would be For me to serve you, but I'm not done eating yet. And it sure don't help to be hungry while you're trying to serve. Look at somebody say, you eat first. When we eat the word of God, when we eat what he has, when we drink ourselves, we can then serve others the miracle of joy. You can't serve what you don't have. You can't give nobody what you don't have. You can't even tell me about anything that you've not even been through. I can listen a little bit, but really, you know, your your persuasion level decreases when you don't have the experience. Look at somebody say, experience the miracle of joy so you can give it to others. You see, the Advent season is for that purpose. It's for us to start experiencing it, not to just observe it, not just to watch it, but to get in there and you get that joy for yourself that you might give it to other people. You say, well, how do I get the joy? We'll get to that in just a minute. In the miracle that took place right here, Jesus says, fill the water pots. And when he filled them up, they filled them up to the brim. He told them to draw some out. He took it to the to the lead uh, uh, banquet facilitator. And he didn't know where the water came from. You can go back to your job and they're going to say, well, why are you so happy? You might get laid off. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Ain't nothing wrong. Everything's all right. You see, every time you're released from a position, it gives you an opportunity to find employment elsewhere. So wouldn't it serve the reason that you should keep your lamps trimmed and burning? Keep your oil filled, be ready. Wouldn't it serve the reason that nothing stays the same, that everything's going to change eventually? And after a while, everybody's going to know who loves Jesus. After a while, it's going to be really, really, really revealed. You see, so while people are operating in fear and people are operating out of the worry of what might be and what might come, 
message just took a turn. Did you feel that? It just took a turn. And I address it because what happens is that the enemy wants to stop the miracle of God, wants to stop the joy of God. You don't, like I say, you don't have to almost get hit by a car to say, thank God that I haven't got, never got hit by a car. And if you got hit by a car, then you really got something to be grateful for because you're here to tell about it. That makes sense, right? Here's something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. He says, he didn't realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water out knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. He saved the best for last. Maybe you don't get that miracle, that understanding. See, you weren't even born back then. You're born now. And if the wine was good then, then you can only imagine how much gooder the wine is getting the closer we get to the end of the party. <laughs> yeah, some people think life's a party. Okay, so be it. It's a party, but he saves the best for last. So don't despise somebody going before you. Don't despise somebody getting married. Oh, they just, they married. You interview some married folks and they'll tell you it's a whole lot different on the other side. I think there's such an injustice. There's such an injustice that people see these 40 and 50 year marriages and go, oh, I want one just like that. But you don't know the stuff they had to go through to get to where they are. And anything worth having is worth fighting for or building. So it takes some work. It takes some work. It's folks, you can be married two days and realize like, it ain't what I thought it was, but I think I'm going to stay in there. How many feel like you're going to stay in there anyway? Where the married couple's at? Make some noise. Yeah, yeah, sound a little, a little, a little worried. And so, so, so the miracle of joy is oftentimes hidden or masqueraded in circumstances that seem to be impossible. I can't take this. Yes, you can. Cause God would never bring you to it if he wasn't going to bring you through it. So stop saying you can't take it. You can say it stinks. You can say it hurts. You can say I'm mad, sad, mad, or glad. But you can't willfully say you can't take it. Because he would never put more on you than you could bear. He would never bring you to a place where you see something that you can't overcome. He would never show you a goal, a vision, or a dream that you could not be fulfilled in. He takes pleasure in doing this for us. So the miracle of this wine, the miracle of this wine shows us something that when Jesus turned the water into wine, everything changed. Everybody at the party that thought they was turned up weren't turned up. Everybody that thought. And so 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 the banquet manager goes to the groom and says, what y'all 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 was like holding out. Most people, most people, when they when they when they throw the party, they give people the cheap stuff. And then they save the best stuff to, for those who are a little harder to win over, if you know what I mean. You see, God gives us his best at his first attempt. Maybe you didn't get that. When Jesus turned the water to wine, he didn't turn it into the cheap stuff. He turned it into the best stuff. And the, the saving of the best for last was an observation of the banquet host. Jesus was like, I only have the best. <laughs> Jesus was like, ain't no first, second, last, third, fourth, or fifth. In fact, everything that I give out is the best. Had you waited on the Lord, that first batch wouldn't be so messed up. You get this, right? You understand this, right? Yeah. Had we waited on the Lord to be who he is, thanks, Mary, it would have been the best 
at first. And some people say it's better the second time around. I'll take Jesus for mine any day. In fact, I'd rather get him the first time than have to go around the block. Why would I have to wait to go around the block when I can just wait on him in the first place? Look at somebody say, wait on the Lord and, and be of good courage. Be of good cheer. You know, cheer is a derivative of joy, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of the, the synonyms to joy. Wait on the Lord and be joyous. Single people, wait on the Lord and rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that you didn't marry that knucklehead that you thought you were going to marry. Rejoice in the fact that she manifested long before you had a chance to see her walk down the aisle. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Some people say, well, I don't like it when you talk like that, but I got to find you where you are. Yeah. And so when we think about this miracle, ninth verse says, wow, this is something. Tenth verse, he says, everybody usually brings out the choice wine first, but you brought this out now. I wanted to emphasize the fact that Jesus did his first miracle and it revealed his glory. Eleventh verse says, and his disciples believed in him. So that's the problem. Jesus is performing miracles, and his folks that say they're his disciples, and they don't believe it. Some of you don't believe that God can heal from cancer. Some of you don't believe that God can give you a new kidney. Some of you don't believe that God can reverse dialysis. Some of you don't believe that he can bring a wayward son home or he can turn a crazy daughter around. Some of you don't even believe that. That means that your water needs to be turned into wine. That means that the tears that you are crying need to be turned into the new wine. Joy is a God commodity that he gives limitlessly. There's no restraint. He doesn't say, I'm just going to give you a little bit of joy and I'll give you the rest of what's left over. He doesn't even split joy between a couple 50-50. He gives you 100 and he gives your spouse 100. What you going to do with it? And so it's a commodity. It's a God commodity. It's not an earth commodity. It's a God commodity. It comes from God. It's given to us by God. And God expects us to do something with it. You don't just use it up, consume it, and and then he's like, okay, God, I need some more joy. I come to the altar to get some more joy. One of God's greatest joys is to see us fulfill our purpose. So how do I get this endless supply? Fulfill your purpose. Do what it is that God put you on this planet to do, and there'll be this endless amount of joy. Can you tell that I enjoy teaching the word of God? I'll never run dry of joy in this area of my life because I enjoy teaching the word. I like to dance too, but I like to teach the word of God. What do you like to do? What is it? And I'm not talking about things that just give you pleasure. I'm talking about joy. You see, my joy is to see people that would have been written off in society become not just rehabilitated, but reconstructed and made brand new. Do I have any witnesses in here at all? When you would have been a refurb, God says, no, I'm going to remake you all over again. And if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a, not a, not a renewed, by virtue of, you know, you just fix it up, put a little paint job on it. No, he literally from the inside out breaks it down and he builds it all over again. And he connects us to people that we're supposed to be connected to. So the fulfillment of purpose brings access to that great joy that God has even in looking at you. When God looks at you, he should be joyous. There she is. There he goes. Look what's what's happening. Those are my children. There's not a parent in this room that's not proud of their children. Even if the book is doing some other stuff, you'd be like, but, he, but at least he ain't as bad as. 
I hope God's not saying that. God's like, yeah, 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 she might be a loser, but she's not as much as, no, no. God looks at us and he says, I am well pleased with you. I want to close with something that I think we can all relate to. You see, the miracle of joy is in us fulfilling our purpose. The water of the word becomes the wine of the spirit and it manifests joy. The water of the word. The Bible says the washing of the water of the word. That's the water for us. That's the water. And he turns that into the wine of the spirit, which is a manifestation of God's joy. So when we take the word of God in our lives and we eat the word of God or we drink the word of God, what happens is that it cleanses us, it washes us, it makes us into the creatures that God wants us to be, at least with the potential capacity to exercise joy. And I say potential capacity because some of us have never fulfilled that potential. Some of us, even in the midst of the praising and the worship and the exuberance and the excitement, you just kind of stand there and look like this. Or you get uncomfortable. You literally wiggle your way out of the opportunity. In fact, some of you were relieved when the music stopped. Because there are spirits on the inside that oftentimes try to mingle themselves in there with the word and say it don't take all that. How many know it do take all that? Yeah, I mean, and and that ain't nothing compared to what it's going to take. Yeah. And so, so, so the water of the word becomes the wine of the spirit that ultimately will manifest joy. Some people try to have joy without peace. But what does the word say about peace? We don't know, so we don't have peace. Our life is in pieces as opposed to the peace that passes all understanding being our possession. And so we have to look at this thing from an, an equational perspective. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. What does that really mean? The joy of the Lord not will be our strength, not was our strength. It is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our protection, is our covering, is our hope and our guidance. The joy of the Lord. So so this is what people miss. People miss the joy of the Lord and ask the Lord for strength. Lord, give me strength. You need strength. You need joy. I can't find no joy. Check the fruit. Check your fruit basket and make sure that there's some joy in that fruit basket because the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, love, joy, peace, love, joy, peace. Even if they were in succession or in order, it's still in the top three. Come on. You say, well, I'm working on the love. I got to get the joy. And then I got to get some peace. So, so the equation or the equational Influence here is that if you add water to the miracle working power of God, ultimately you get wine, which is the joy of the spirit. So you think of it simple like that. I want you to think about Jesus on that cross. It says that when he had hung his head and died, they were going to break his legs. I don't have time to go there. You remember that, right? I know it's Christmas, but I'm talking about Easter, right? That's what you think about. No. So as he was on the cross, one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced Jesus in his side. The scripture says that blood and water came out. What's inside of Christ is 
the unique mixture of the water of the word and the blood, which is the wine of the spirit. He literally spilled his blood and that water became wine. So every time we take the communion, we're drinking the wine of the spirit. And the joy that is supposed to be among us is like that of the wedding at Canaan. We miss miracles because they're obvious and they're in front of our face, but only the servants can really know. Only the people who are serving have the revelation that that was a God move. That was a God thing. Some people see it on the surface and they go, oh, well, that's nice. That's nice. But I would have did it like this. Or what I think you ought to do is shh, be quiet. Be quiet and serve. You say, well, I'm, I got to speak my mind. I got I to gotta speak your mind. Which one? Because last time it was something else. And, and now it's this. And if you listen closely, there's a couple of them going off right now. You say, well, well you just want me to just, just, no, no, no. We can hold our peace and let the Lord fight our battles. If we hold our peace, the battle be- belongs to the Lord and he will give you the victory. So you don't get the battle, you get the victory. Isn't that interesting? The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is yours. He has given us the victory, not he hasn't given us the battle. (laughs) He said, I'll take the battle, you take the victory. Now that's a switch, right? He said, I'll take the water, you take the wine. I'll take the situation, you take the miracle. I'll take the guilt and the shame. You take the salvation and the deliverance. I'll take the confusion and the turmoil and and the and the misreading, and I'll give you wisdom and clarity and a new name. What do you have to exchange in this miracle season? In this miracle season, the wise men brought gifts and laid them at Jesus's feet, and God gave us the Savior of the world. It's always an exchange. It's not a fair exchange. It's not fair at all because there's nothing you could bring that could ever measure up or equate to the miracle of the joy that's on the inside. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.